With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 They're still dancing. That's coming right up. Welcome, everybody. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Andy Firma, but now it's time to introduce my partner and my friend. On the line, Matt, the one and the only Mr. Brian No, Here he is, Brian No. Hello, B. Smells like ball. What's going on, Andy Furman? How are we doing today? Everything good? Everything is good? great. Everything's great. I love it. I love to hear your voice. I love to see you. I love to hear you. I love to talk sports with you. It's great. And I tell you, I'm, I'm interested in this Final Four thing here because everybody's talking about how wide open it is. And we may end up with three out of the four teams as the real blue bloods going back to the Final Four. North Carolina, Duke, and Kansas may be going to the Final Four. So the blue bloods will still reign. Uh, well, yeah, that would be the case. We'll see. A couple of games today. Uh, kind of interesting. It's either Duke, North Carolina for the first time in the NCAA tournament, which is wild to me. It's never happened before. Or it's the Dukies against the Peacocks. That's yes. what's on the line today. So uh, very interesting, the difference between those two. You know, it's funny because I got to believe that the Peacocks have come out to be maybe like America's team. Everybody wants to see them play. I'm tired of using the term Cinderella. I can't stand that. I really can't. They got great Why? guard play. Well, I think it's it's moronic. It really is. I Why? Mean, Cinderella. They're, they're a 15 Why? seed. It's never I happened get, before that a 15 seed made it to the Elite Eight. Like, they're the term. definition of Cinderella. Give me a different term. Give me like, you know, uh, uh, anything but Cinderella. I mean, really. But that's okay. You want to go with the Cinderellas, that's fine. I've been doing some research on St. Peter's because, you know, it's kind of like my hometown. I found out they got four coaches on the staff. Three of the four coaches are the assistants don't even get paid. They don't even get paid. I mean, the endowment at the University of Kentucky, the endowment is bigger than the entire staff and the athletic budget at St. Peter's. And, and you know, what? it's great to make these comparisons like student bodies, like 2,300 students go there. It doesn't make a difference. You're talking about five guys against five guys on a basketball court. That's basically what it is. Was that did a you get, Did you get enough is sleep last night, Andy? Like, wait, wait. You hate the term Cinderella. You think it's moronic. I, I don't understand I really do. that. I, yeah. no, in, the, in the sense of basketball, I mean, why? Why use that term Cinderella? I mean, just it's a wonderful run. That's all I see. They're having a wonderful run. Is it luck? I don't think so. But Cinderella? No. And you know that, why I don't like Cinderella? What, what does Cinderella mean to you? Because it I don't think anybody me, is saying it's a lucky run. That's not well, what Cinderella means What Cinderella me. means to me is that at midnight it's going to end. And I don't want to see it end, okay? Maybe that's why I don't like the term. I don't want it to end. I want it to be North Carolina today. I really do. What do you have against North Carolina then? Nothing at all, but they've been there, done that. These kids, I mean, I just watched their expression and just, I love the coach. The only bad thing is that I have a feeling that he's going to be the next coach at Seton Hall because Seton Hall is, Kevin Willard's gone to Maryland. He played, Shaheen Holloway played at Seton Hall. He's the man right now, and I think he'd probably triple his salary if he went from St. Peter's to Seton Hall. 
Of course he would. More than that, you know? Yeah, he might yeah. multiply it by five. I don't know what he's making right now, but it'd be a whole lot more if he uh, if he goes to a big boy conference, uh, just payment-wise, right? Yes, That's, I think published reports that he's making like 250000 But the crazy thing with... When you look at St. Peter's, it's a tremendous run. Where they take down Kentucky a two seed. You take down Purdue a three seed. You sprinkle in Murray State right there. That's We've never seen this before in the history of the NCAA tournament where a 15 seed has made it to where they already are, the Elite Eight. So certainly we've never seen this with a, a Final Four team being a 15 seed. That's what's on the line today. But if you look at – just look at the non-conference schedule. And this team – they, they did next to nothing. And I mean this as a, a compliment where they've got three non-conference win, two non-conference wins. Have you checked them out against Long Island University? I know. And I don't even, Neak College? <laughs> like what? That's it. They lost to, well, Stony Brook's a conference game. St. Saint, Saint Francis, uh, I'm trying to look, Providence. St. John's, VCU, like some of these non-conference games, it's amazing that they've gone as far as they have based on how the season started out. I was going through some of my preseason magazines that I keep, and there was a magazine dated November, preseason college basketball. They picked St. Peter's to finish seventh in their conference. It's amazing. It really was. I mean, they had no respect. No, no respect. And maybe they shouldn't have gotten any respect. They haven't done anything in years. I mean, was it 11 years ago was the last time they went to the NCAA? So, look, is it a coaching situation? Is it a time to gel? I don't know what happens when, when the NCAA bell goes off. I mean, I never thought they'd win the conference. They beat Iona down the stretch, well, you know, in that conference final over there, and that was big. We've talked about this before where it's the same tiresome yearly conversation where, oh, it's the one and duns versus the little guys and the chemistry and they've been there for, they're all like fifth year seniors or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think a lot of it is, you mentioned Charles Barkley said this uh, a week ago where you can't tell me that Kentucky didn't look at St. Peter's like, we should be fine. You know, and that goes in when you take your opponent lightly, there is an element of that. I think it's more that than they have this amazing chemistry. If they did, they wouldn't be losing to the likes of the teams I rattled off. They're not losing right. by 21 points to St. John's and they're losing to uh, St. Francis and like that's not happening, you know? So spare me on those details. It happens year in and year out, but I do think there is an element of some of these teams have taken them more lightly than they should. You can't tell me for a second Purdue didn't think in the last game, we should be fine. Like we've got an easier path to the Elite Eight now. And they got they up and lost, right? Take great. your hat off to Stone to uh St. Francis. But I think that that element is involved a lot more than it's talked about. And I'll tell you, going a step further, when you talk about the element, I think that when a kid who's 18 to 21 years of age and they look at the draw and they look who they're playing, but more than the name of the school, I think the seeding, and they'll say, well, you know, history shows us that, sure. you know, you're not going to lose to a 15. We're playing a 15, and you take it somewhat lightly. And I tell you what, there are probably some coaches that feel the same way. Really going into the situation. I'm sure I'm sure Murray State, we're talking about Kentucky and Purdue. I'm sure Murray State felt that way of, hey, we're facing 
St. Saint Francis, Saint Fran- uh, why do I keep saying St. Peter's? I read St. Francis this morning. I can't get that out of my head. They're like, hey, we're taking on the Peacocks instead of Kentucky. Some people were taking Kentucky to win the whole tournament. Right. So Murray State, you can't tell me for a second. They didn't think, hey, Sweet 16, we got a better shot now. That works against you. But how about Duke and the storybook of Coach K, another Final Four, his 13th. He passes John Wooden. It's a record. And here they are with a legitimate shot with all of their talent to win it all. And it would be a, a just an, a complete sexy matchup. When you go back to the finale in the regular season at Cameron Indoor Stadium and the Tar Heels waltz in and smack them around and ruin the party. And what a story it would be if that's the rematch in the Final Four. It's kind of like a storybook ending. It really is like a movie. You know, I like to see Coach K go out like that. But I thought about that after the win last night, the 78-69 win over Arkansas. How much pressure is put on not only K, Coach K, because, look, he's going to go out to the sunset. He'll be upset if they lose, and it ends. That's the over, and he's the GOAT. There's no doubt about that. But these kids, knowing that they're the guys that are on his last team, and they couldn't get into the final deal. They couldn't close it. That, and even in the locker room last night, I, I think the post game was like Coach K said, hey, it's not about me, it's about them, and it's going to be about him. If they lose, you're not even going to know who they lost to. It's going to be all Coach K, his history, his legacy, the whole deal. That's the whole thing. He's bigger than the game right now. Well, look, I, I think that Clark Kellogg talked about this yesterday, and I thought he was right on the money, where you look at Duke, and they are. They're playing for something bigger than themselves. This is something that Sean McVay, you might roll your eyes and be like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a script from a movie and we're going really sappy here. But whether it's sappy or not, I think it's true. Sean McVay of the Rams, that was one of the things he mentioned when Andrew Whitworth retired and he spoke about the season. He said, the one thing I'll remember the most about this season, and you're like, okay, you could go in a lot of different directions. And he said, the team played for something bigger than just themselves. And he thought that was one of the driving forces with them winning a Super Bowl. And Clark Kellogg was talking about Duke right now. And it's a multitude. It's, you know, because you love the sport. You're playing for the your teammates. But you're also playing for Coach K. And, and there right. is something about that where it's bigger than just you and wanting an accomplishment. You want to send Coach K off in grand style. That matters. And when it was a complete and utter egg that was laid in Coach K's final regular season, and he's apologizing to the home crowd and like, be quiet, please. It's unacceptable, right? Right, right. That is something that makes them a lot more dangerous in this tournament. And you're starting to see that, right? They had a nail-biter the previous game, and then they beat Arkansas, and here they are with a ton of talent and as good a chance as anybody to win the whole thing. You hit on something that is so... Amazing that I, I just want to expand on it just for a drop, okay? And I'm not saying this because, you know, we talk sports and we're involved in sports. And certainly I never played the game. You played football, so you played there. I was a manager, a high school manager. I was a PR guy for sports teams, but I never really suited up and played the game. However, I did see one thing throughout my entire career in sports. There's a different mindset in athletes. What do I mean by that? When I was in high school, 
the coach would put up like these little things in the newspaper on the bulletin board to get the kids going crazy. You know what? It, it goes all the way through. There's a fine line. They do it in the pros. I, and, and I always thought like, well, how, how silly is that? Does a pro need to get motivated like that? They get a big paycheck. No. When you're an athlete, you're an athlete and certain things motivate you. And if you're a kid in high school playing on the JV, the varsity, whatever it may be, or in college, and even to the pros, you see on that bulletin board material that does make you crazy. So the, the athlete has a different mindset. There really do and you know that well yeah i mean look (laughs) the ultimate motivation is if you needed any more was the post game quote unquote celebration with that final regular season game or think about that they showed the players on the bench and they're sitting there where it looked like it was a funeral, it looked like. You know, like they're yeah. sitting there with a who's who of all of those stars who are in the building to see Coach K's regular season finale, and they lose by double digits against their arch rival, North Carolina. And you had to feel in that moment so small, like we let them down, we screwed this up. And right. when you get another opportunity to right the wrongs, and so far, they're four for four, right? They're four and zero in this tournament, and I'm not going to put that all on it, right? That the only reason they're four and zero is because of the regular season finale. But you know as well as I do that does have a a lot to do with why they are where they are. There's no doubt no, no about doubt. that. I'm with you right there. You know, it's funny. I want to go back to the St. Peter's uh, win over Purdue for a second. I heard some of the comments from some of the Purdue players after that game, and they said, well, they had an advantage because it was somewhat of a home game because it was in Philadelphia. It was like only 100 and some odd miles from Jersey City. Uh, Spare me, please. Yeah. Come on, really? I mean, does it have to be like that? Give them some credit. Give them some credit. I mean, this is not from the coaches now. Some of the players, I get it. I mean, you're sad. You're upset. The season's over. Maybe your career is over. You may never play basketball again competitively. I get it. Okay. But suck it up a little bit and give St. Peter's a little credit. The guard play was unbelievable. They controlled the game. Defensively, they really shut you down. They beat you, and they beat you good. I doubt, Andy. You're all worked up here, man. Like I, I'm no, gonna, be, I'll relax. I'll take I, it easy. You know, let's yeah. let's loosen the shoulders up here. You know, let's. Like, all right, let's, okay, let's, yeah. I doubt any player was saying the only reason we lost because this freaking game is in Philadelphia. That's it. You know, if we're closer to the Midwest, it's us by ten points easily. Like I have a hard time believing any player was saying that. If it's oh, a, oh by the way, odd. hey, I, yeah, I like they got some energy from their crowd. And look, this is the way it goes with underdogs. We've seen this all the time in the tournament. If you don't have a dog in the fight, you're cheering for the higher seed or the lower seed, I guess, right? The double-digit seed. Right. Uh, that's the way it goes. So I, I can't imagine any Purdue player was saying, oh, man, we win by 15 if this is in a different venue, right? Like, it's it's a passing comment. And it's true, by the oh, way. Yeah. They did get a little yeah. bit of juice. That's not taking away any credit from their win in the process of, of saying course. that. Of course. And you know what? They'll be rooting for St. Peter's today to beat North Carolina. That's just the way it is. They're not St. Peter's fans. They want to see the little guy, the David Goliath situation. That's what they want to see, of course. No doubt. Perfect.
There we go. He's Brian No. They're all Andy for Furman. Cinderella, Andy. Oh, here we go. You had to get the jam in. I'm with you. They are. They're for Cinderella. And I hope the glass slipper does not break this afternoon for St. Peter's. Yeah. He's Brian No. Get him at Twitter at The No Show. That's N-O-E show. At Andy Furman FSR. Or, eight seven, what, you got a stuttering problem? 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. Bronx Talk Radio this hour. Hour number two. Bottom barrel betting. And, of course, Brian No. knows picks in hour number Number three. There we go. Did one team make a major mistake? Well, we're going to tell you all about it next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No more excuses. We'll get to that in just about a minute. 22 minutes past the hour. Fox Sports Sunday. Brian No, Andy Furman. Away we go. Time to talk your favorite deal, which is ball. Ball, baby, ball. That's what you love. Big week this week. Tyreek Hill traded... By the Kansas City Chiefs. The one question I ask you, because you're the answer man here, a mistake or a good move by the Chiefs? Well, I mean, look, in the salary cap day and age, you can't pay everybody. You know that. And uh, it's hard. It is definitely hard to envision the Chiefs offense being as explosive because it's just not going to be. So in the moment, it sure seems like a mistake. But you got to make some hard decisions. You can't pay everybody the top of their respective position, and you know, and and have a legitimate team. So they made the hard decision to move on. 
from Tyreek Hill. They offered him a, a legitimate contract, and he took a, a bigger payday in Miami. And look, I understand why they shrugged their shoulders and said, we'd love to have him back, but we've got to have it at this price point. And so I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what that offense looks like without him going forward. And I'm very interested to see the comments from Patrick Mahomes, which I haven't seen or heard a thing yet. He's been very professional about this, keeping the uh, the lip button. But they traded him. They traded Tyreek Hill. He would have been paid the highest receiver in the game. Kansas City, their left tackle, Orlando Brown, he wants to be the highest paid player at his position. So as you mentioned, you can't bust the bank. You just can't do it. But as for your Dolphins right now, I'm going to tell you, there's no excuses now. No excuses for your Dolphins. New coach, they already have the best left tackle in free agency in Armstead, okay? He's going to be paid like it, too, I'm sure. As for the Dolphins, they gave up the ranch five five picks. But as I say, no excuses for your Dolphins. they got the receivers. they got Hill, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson. But the question is, they got the receivers. Who's going to fill that void for Kansas City? Well, like, here's the thing. Good luck doing that. Uh, You don't have to have... I, I look at it like this, Andy, where you can't you can't fall into this trap of saying you're not going to find another receiver as talented as Tyreek Hill, so you're always going to be worse off. Like there are just different versions of offenses, you know. Mm-hmm. And while that's true, they're not going to find the cheetah. Like he's just he's a different dude. There aren't multiple versions of him. But you've got. Patrick Mahomes, who's the most important player on that franchise. And when you still have Travis Kelsey, and they're probably going to draft a receiver, I would imagine, in the first round, mm-hmm. you can just be a different version of yourself and still be a very effective version. And it could be a little like a tug of war, right? You're going to lose some stuff with Tyreek, but you might gain some stuff in a different area. It's just it's a matter of trying to find another special receiver, and we can't act like it's impossible to do that. No, you're not going to find someone quite like him, but you can still find talent that can still make that machine work. Right. And now, if you're a defensive coordinator playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, every defense that goes against the Chiefs is going to have a, a deal of containing Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, yeah. that's the key right there. And it's going to be more, I guess, more pounding, more hitting, uh, more crushing on a guy, Kelsey, who's now 32 years of age. And I guess he's showing some signs of wear and tear. He really is. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a, a big deal for the Kansas City Chiefs money-wise who's going to create a different offense for them. But again, as you mentioned with Patrick Mahomes, I think he could develop a relationship with a new young receiver for a lesser cost. Right. Yeah, I do too. And hey, man, I, I really wonder what Tyreek Hill, he gets this huge payday, over $72 million guaranteed with the Miami Dolphins. And he talked about that in the press conference where... Hey, man, when they offer that type of, of money, that, it kind of changes your viewpoint. But I just wonder when the season rolls around. Sure, that guaranteed money in that contract, that's going to soften some of the blow. But, man, when you go from Mahomes to Tua, that is a huge step down. And I just wonder how, how difficult it's going to be for Tyreek to avoid being frustrated consistently. You know, like that that money only goes so far and it's not like the Chiefs are just offering a dollar ninety five. They're offering NFL minimum wage. They offered a, a huge contract also. Granted, not as huge, but right. still huge. And I just don't know if that extra money that he's gonna get in Miami is going to soften every blow when look it 
Two is not going to be able to get him the football the same exact way. There are going to be times where he's open or a play breaks down and Mahomes is just a better playmaker than Tua is. And that's going to be very frustrating to get used to on the fly for Tyreek. Can we talk extra money for a second, you and I? Can we do that? As you mentioned, the extra money was not that much extra. Would it change one's lifestyle that much to get that extra money? Is it that important? Although, is it more of an ego thing like, I want to be the highest paid player in my position? Is, is that the key? Is that overrule winning? Is that where sports is headed right now, that you want to be the highest paid player more so than on a team that can make you win? It's it's a matter of perspective, right? Where Tyreek could look at this and say, I already won a ring. I'm going to a competitive team. You can just talk yourself into it. I'm going to be the highest paid player at my position. And uh, you're going to go with that. Uh, You could choose door number one, which is what he did, or the other door. I probably shouldn't number them, right? There's option A, option B, right? However you want to look at it. Uh, But you could run it back with the Chiefs. Uh, You've had over 1,000 yards each of your six seasons to begin your career. And you've got your boy Mahomes. And you're still going to get paid a lot. Uh, that's a pretty good position to be in also. So you could make a great argument that uh, one is better than the other, but I think when you've already won your ring and you could be the highest paid guy, I mean, I would choose personally, if you're on a perennial Super Bowl contender with the Chiefs and you've got a special thing going, I mean, I I think you probably run it back. I I misspoke. Tyreek has been a 1,000-yard receiver in four of his six seasons. But he's put up... Huge numbers in KC, and you are. You're going to be sacrificing some of that. The Dolphins, they are not perennial Super Bowl contenders, and a lot of people don't think they're going to be quite there. That's a a huge step, I think, bigger than they're ready to take with Tua as their quarterback. So you have to know that if you're being honest with yourself, this is a step backward team-wise for a step forward financially and... I don't know, man. That's a tough call. I would have gone the other way, but I can see why Tyreek is going to Miami. And maybe Tyreek thinks that he can bring winning to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you got to have a bit of an ego as well. I mean, he was part of that winning operation. He was a major part of that offense, the offensive power, the juggernaut there with Patrick Mahomes. So maybe he thinks he could do that. But again, you know, Tua is not Patrick Mahomes. That's right. the difference. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Brian, no. Andy Furman, your tweets are welcome at the No Show at Andy Furman FSR and 877-99 on Fox is our phone call. And you can call at 877-996-6369. Now, two NFL teams look like they were asleep at the switch. And we'll tell you why next, but first to a man who never sleeps, Brian Fenley <laughs> with the latest. Well, thank you, Andy and Brian. Good to hear from you guys. We got two Elite Eight games coming up later on today, and we had two yesterday, and one of those winners was number two, Duke, as they blast number four, Arkansas, 78-69. to A.J. Griffin had 18 points for the Blue Devils, and so they are awaiting the Blue Devils. The winner of North Carolina, and as Andy predicted, going all the way to the Elite Eight, number 15, St. Peter's, and those two will be going after it, and then the winner, of course, will take on the Blue Devils, and Coach K, by the way, into his 13th Final Four. That is one more than the 12 that John Wooden did 
in leading UCLA, although UCLA has many more national championships. <laughs> Number, yep. yeah. I meant to, I put it in my notes, get a bunch of Caleb Love drops. You oh know, the, the stud North Carolina, 27 of his 30 in the second half against UCLA. It's a missed opportunity, Brian. See, I, I, I wouldn't do that to him. I was going to ask him, what was the UCLA score? But I'm not going to go down that way. I'm not going to do it. No. You know, they're classy. Some, yeah, I mean, because UCLA is not a Cinderella, so we wouldn't really talk about that. I know you guys had some thoughts on the Cinderella conversation earlier. Now, wait a time out. I would say that last year they kind of proved themselves to be somewhat of a Cinderella going into the playing game and going to the Final Four. That was like a Cinderella season. I, I would, uh, Brian, don't you think a Cinderella is, is sort of like a low mid-major? Even if the brand is big and it's a Power 5 school and a low ranking in the tournament? Good question. I no, I would go the other way. Oh, I really? really would. Where, yeah, even if it is a, a big-time school, they've had a lot of success. If you're a lower seed, this is when it was like it was Kentucky and Connecticut where it was like a 7-8 matchup in the the championship game. Like, yeah, if you're an 8 seed, I, I think you could. I'll put it this way. If St. Peter's had been bounced earlier and North Carolina an 8 seed is going for a, a Final Four uh, berth, Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not the definition of Cinderella, to your point, Brian Finley, yeah. but it, for this season and this season alone, like, yeah, they're closer to that than not. Wouldn't you say UCLA was a Cinderella a year ago? Had to play in Dayton in the playing game. Oh, absolutely. They to, yeah. They were 11 seed, 100%. Yes. And they were a brand. There's no doubt there, sure. Brian Finley. They were a yeah. brand, yeah. but they were a Cinderella. Look at Brian Finley. We're too good to be Cinderella. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not. I'm not – someone who studies the bracket word for word, but, you know, I was looking through the bracket, and I couldn't find any team going as far as UCLA. That would be Kentucky, Cincinnati, Xavier, and Ball State. Maybe it's just me, but in this year's bracket in the NCAA tournament, I think UCLA went farther than all of them. So, I think I win that. Wow. Wait, wait Congratulations. You had a better Z- season than Ball State. Wow. <laughs> Xavier may win the NIT. What do you mean? Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, wow. That's something to brag about for sure. Number two, Villanova, by the way, back into the Final Four for the third time in the last six years as they stapled number five, Houston, 50-44. to 44. The Wildcats shot just 29% from the field and Villanova's Justin Moore who averages about 15 points per game he suffered a lower right leg injury towards the end of this one it's not looking good prospect wise to get him to play that according to head coach Jay Wright he mentioned this after the game and that Moore is going to have an MRI this week Nova is going to play either Kansas or the 10th seeded Miami and those two teams are dueling later on today I'll leave you with this guys women's NCAA tournament action in the Sweet 16 We've got wins for number three Michigan, two seed UConn, number one Louisville, and number one NC State. So a lot of the heavy hitters are still alive and well in the women's tournament, not so much on the men's side. A lot of the lower seeds are finding their way into the Final Four in the Elite Eight. With that, let's get it back to not just the Final Four. These two guys are national champion contenders. It's Brian No and Andy Furman. Well, thank you so very much. Now, how'd they miss on this? We'll get to that in just about a minute. We have Bronx Talk Radio coming up in about seven, eight minutes from now. And uh, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons because they traded Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. But their new quarterback right now, they got a new two-year deal with Marcus Mariota. Uh, first, does Matt Ryan fill the shoes left by Carson Wentz? Now, Wentz is obviously, you know, with the Washington Commanders. I, I would think that it's an upgrade and I think that the Indianapolis Colts were probably maybe just a quarterback away from making a run in the playoffs. That's my take. 
I mean, look, it's either a lateral move or a slight upgrade based on just the season that Carson Wentz had last year, right? Um, just a game. The last I, game I, killed it. That was look, it. The Jacksonville it was, it was better. Yes, it was better than many people are making it out to be. I know it wasn't perfect. The last game was the, he laid an egg, but everybody did on that team. It wasn't just a Carson Wentz thing in week 18 against Jacksonville. I know there was an ugly interception at home that screwed up the game against the Titans earlier in the season. It wasn't just a pristine work of art. We know that, but it was not nearly as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. 27 touchdowns and seven picks. That's not awful. I, I don't know. I think that we were just talking about your reputation in the NCAA tournament. You know, like Carson Wentz's reputation, his final year in Philadelphia, I think that had too much to do with the evaluation of just his season last year. You know what I mean? Right. And if you just look at it for what it was, your first year, new offense, it really wasn't that bad. It was not as bad as people made it out to be. So the question is, can Matt Ryan outperform Carson Wentz's 2021 season? And sure, he's capable of it, but you don't have a who's who to throw to. He's got a better offensive line to work with. But Matt Ryan, I, I don't look at him putting up much better numbers and much better production than Wentz did last season. You know, Wentz had the edge in the quarterback rating over him last year. But again, he was sacked so many times. It was ridiculous in Atlanta. It really was. Yeah. But I have a bigger question. I mean, and I said some teams were asleep at the switch. Where was Washington? Where was Carolina? And where were the New Orleans Saints? They could have used Matt Ryan. And I understand there's a cap problem there in New Orleans. It's tough. But still in all, how did Matt Ryan go through the cracks on those teams and he ends up in Indianapolis? That I don't well, understand. Two of them are in the same division. So I, I, I hear that, that all. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time. Look, if you're afraid to trade a guy in your own division, why are you going to trade him to begin with? Think about that, Andy. It's so rare that you're going to trade him one in your division and have to face him twice a year, where he could come back to bite you. And also, if you look at Carolina, the Carolina is not just a quarterback away, and we're in win now mode. Like if you're being honest with yourself in that roster. That's not the spot for him. Um, I, you could argue the way Jameis played last year without Michael Thomas, he played pretty well. He didn't have a who's who of weapons to throw to. 14 touchdowns and three picks before the torn ACL. That's pretty good. I don't know how much better Matt Ryan is faring if he is in that offense. So if you're being honest there, it's like, why would we trade for him? And then what? It's... Maybe a lateral move, maybe a slight upgrade at this stage of his career. So I, I can see why they would run it back with Jameis. So I, I can understand. It's not like Matt Ryan crushed it last year and you're like, oh my gosh, this would absolutely be a huge upgrade. If you don't have the roster for it, and at least New Orleans is looking at it like a lateral move, I can see why they wouldn't. All right, so now we have uh, Atlanta giving up on Matt Ryan, trading Matt Ryan, and like they got Marcus Mariota. I mean, is that the future oh, of the Atlanta gosh, Falcons? No. I don't Come think on, so. You know He's that a stopgap. I, yeah. I know. So they're, they're going to look for someone maybe in the draft, I would think. That's yeah, they very well go. could. I just don't know if they're going to fall in love with one of the quarterbacks in the first round this year. But certainly they're looking toward the future. I wouldn't be shocked if they drafted a guy. Uh, in the first round and said, uh, it's going to be really interesting with them. Do they do that? Or if they just, they feel like, man, let's wait till next season. You know, like maybe I, I think this Andy, I, I think that a team like Carolina, Atlanta, if they 
aren't in love with one of these quarterbacks, and I can see why they wouldn't be. I think it's better to just say, no, we're not convinced that Malik Willis is the next big thing or Kenny Pickett is the next big thing. So we're not going to use a premium draft pick on a guy that we don't think is going to pan out and be a stud. We're going to wait till next year's draft and draft another position that we think is going to be a bigger impact player. Like, I'm going to be really interested to see what those teams do. It could be really easy to talk yourself into, yeah, but things would be a lot easier if this guy, this quarterback, turns out to be the real deal. But if you don't believe it and you're being honest, like, yeah, we just don't see it, I don't think it makes sense to make that pick. Right. Uh, but you know what? There's so much fan pressure, media pressure. That's the key right there. Because, you know, the fans right now at Atlanta saying, well, wait a minute. You know, Matt Ryan, I understand he had a tough year last year, but he had no offensive line. He was sacked so many times. But you got Marcus Mariota. This guy couldn't get it going anywhere in the National Football League. Is this our quarterback? Is this the guy that's going to lead us to the future? I mean, and, and look, we know that he's probably going to be a stopgap guy. He's going to be a guy in the middle between a trade or perhaps a free agent or maybe a draft pick. But he's he's not totally a bridge guy. Yeah, No doubt. But the thing is, sell that to the public. That's the key. Well, That's rough. Look, man, you're forget about the public for a second. You know, it's all about what puts you in the best position to win and, I, and win big going forward. Yeah. I, I say this real fast, Andy. Chris going to have a nervous breakdown, but real fast here. All right. Like, I've said this all the time. You go back to last year's draft. You heard this with Denver. Like, oh, if Denver doesn't believe Justin Fields is the real deal or they don't believe Mac Jones. And it's like, I don't care about that because teams are wrong all the time. Right. Like, whether you think, oh, this guy for sure is going to be the real deal or ah, we're just not convinced, you could be wrong. But in this quarterback draft, Man, if you don't believe it, I think you wait until the next season and you wait until there is a a better opportunity. If you truly don't believe it, because I think there's more reason to justify not believing it this year. I hear you. He's Brian O. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And now we're back where we belong, home in the Bronx. Our Bronx Talk Radio is freaking next. Bronx Talk Radio right around the corner. It's about 11 minutes now before the top of the hour. And this is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. But right now, we're going to the Bronx. Guys, guys, guys. it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio. Hosted by the great Chris P. That's what happens to this here. You trying to get rid of me or something? Ugh. Trying to good push to me out the freaking door? Freaking it's good to be back? Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. No, I didn't, I didn't want to do this. You bring me back in here, putting me on the corner. You know why? Because we got to talk about Aaron. We got to talk about Judge. You are, okay. Apparently, Aaron the Yankees Judge. want to get him a big freaking contract over here. You know what I say? You know what I say to that? Well, I say I say you give him nothing. What? You know, because he, he should be honored to play for the freaking Yankees. We're going to pay him an exposure. Oh, Pay him an exposure. Yeah, exposure. Yeah, that's you want exposure? Go well. Take your clothes off and walk outside. That's Listen to you. That, <laughs> I've seen enough. I've seen enough Elmos die in Times Square doing that. All right, you, you can't. You can't get me on that. Right. We'll save that for the others. Hey, you know what? Who could also die? He's is apparently... lucky that they dropped the vaccination ban in New York City. Listen really. to you. He is. That's true. 
They do it. Yeah, we'll do it for the Yankees, but not for the Nets. I'll tell you what, Kyrie Irving should send him a thank you note. Yeah, yeah, the, the nice little fruit basket. One of those Gita gift baskets. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Aaron Judge. Thank and you. The Bronx Bombers. That's for what not Deshaun Watson should have so done. I can play basketball again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun you, Watson should send a Gita gift basket. No, you settled. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. You settled down on that one. All right, okay. Okay. You know who could die, though, speaking of exposure? You see this over here in Formula One. Apparently, there's like there's a war going on in Saudi Arabia. They just hit an oil field. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, hey, you know, we're just going to keep holding on the race. No problem. No bingo. Yeah. No problem at all. Bingo, bango. Yeah, a little fire over here. You know, they hit There's an oil, oil factory field. on fire. You know, let's right. down. We got security over here. The race goes on. Yeah, right. it's, it's like that Leslie Nielsen thing. It's like nothing to see here. Freeze, freaking disperse. It's yeah. the way it should be. Sports never stops. Sports never stops, even when you never could just stops. get hit with a rocket. It never stops, you know that. Some guy who's been feasting on a on like a dead pigeon for two weeks is suddenly just going to be taking aim in a car with an RPG. Boom! It is pretty freaking wild. Could you imagine that? It's like, uh, eh, they hit an oil field, but uh, we got the Bristol stop here. Yeah, it's you know, no, it's no problem. Business it's, as usual. He's yeah. been very quiet from the drivers. You'd think be, they'd be like, hey, you know, like, I I don't want to fight. I don't want to be driving in a war zone. What kind of right. Mad Max stuff are you up on? <laughs> that is some wild stuff. I'm Listen, I, I don't even know why we, I'm even... I, I feel like I talk Formula 1. I don't know what it is. Like my Both of my sisters are freaking into this stuff. I don't know who Max Verstappen is. You he sounds like he's from like Long Island. You freaking should give the Netflix uh, series a shot I, exa- That was exactly what I was going to say. Both of them have seen that freaking series, all right? right. That's it. I don't what get it. it. I'm not yeah. watching that. Why, why, is it, why is it with these documentary series? Like, never, Did everyone turn into Bulls fans after the last dance? They Disgusting. got good storytellers. You know, they you know got what a lot that, of you know personalities, a lot, a lot of uh, drama over there. You know, you love the big personalities. What itself. if we What if we come up with a documentary series for the Giants? You think you turn a lot of people into Giants fans? Well, you kidding. Not right you now. You got to be kidding. No, no. Uh, that, right that, is, that is fair. No. And yet, somehow, we still talk about the Giants more than the Jets. That's because yeah, they won that? four Super Bowls over there. You know, because, no, because, because they're a bigger freaking tire fire. They've been around longer. Hey, Not you want to know who's also a tire fire? You see this lady only in L.A., they'd say. You know, we say all only in New York over here, eh? Because uh-huh, it's yeah. only in freaking New York. But yeah. only in L.A. can you have a lady try to pull off a freaking stand-up act. Woman in, in I believe this is Burbank. Let me get the deets right here. Uh-huh. Before a showing in AMC for the Lost City has decide, decides the movie projector breaks down for 30 minutes. AMC staff's trying to get it up. This lady, this freaking, this, this, this... Lady over say here it, say it. Okay. decides to get up in front of the theater and decides that's when she's going to unveil her stand-up comedy act. Hey, opportunity calls. Tiffany you know, King. I, deci- no, no, this is not opportunity. They got time to fill over here. This, this is, is not where you get beat in the great face time. by an extra large Coke. She might no. be on Jimmy Kimmel next week. You never know. Tiffany King described a BuzzFeed Newton and says that her impromptu stand-up comedy, which which made everyone upset, was a victory against misogyny. She is a professional psychic, and she is a shtuck. A shtuck. Wow, you. Wow. Wow. Are you Did, kidding me? No. What happened to you? What? What's the big deal? Are you There's kidding me? There's a little me? bit of time freed up. Come on. comedy. It's a free She's, show. I What's can't think of this? anything worse than having unwanted stand-up comedy in your life. It's great to go to a stand-up you, comic, you but it gets impressed upon you. Over there. Oh, my Screw goodness. Him. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking extra baggage. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But first, let's talk about Indeed. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's million-dollar Bracket Challenge powered by indeed but now it's time to get my guy my partner my friend the one the only mr brian no b how are you terrible what's wrong no i'm fine i'm fine i just you know you scared me i'd switch it up a little bit you know it's yeah all right no i'm good everything good with you andy Furman? everything great. Fine? life is good you have good. a good week i'm sure right now bad i broke up with my girlfriend so it was terrible heartbroken right now uh, but you know, is this just true? I mean, you're telling me. Yeah, it, oh, it's true. I'm, <laughs> I know. I yeah, you got to verify with me. I'm a little bit of a, a wackadoo every now and then. You don't know if I'm kidding around or if I'm serious. I'm serious about this part of it. So it just it, it wasn't going to work out. So you was know, this we, girl you went to on a rendezvous in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. And we had dated for a while. You know, six or seven months. So wow, she's that, awesome. She really is an awesome girl. And that's the sucky thing, man. I don't. I won't go too far with this, but. The the thing about relationships, you know, uh, you know, I have an ex-wife, and that was uh, the definition of heartbreaking. But it's a weird thing where two people can love each other yet still not quite sync up, you know, like not quite be built for each other. So I don't know, man. That's just the hard part about relationships. But hopefully like things work out personal. for both of us. Great. Yeah, yeah. I want to get a little per. I want to continue on this vein, if I may. I want to know like exactly how it happened and who did the breaking. Was it you or her? Or did you say to her, it's not working out? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I just, well, like to know. yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, I don't really want to get too in depth in that. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, it's just, it's sad, right? Like we loved each other, but it just wasn't going to work out. Um, because and, of the geography factor. I mean, that's part of it, but it just, I, I don't know, without, get, you can't, you have to get into the whole freaking thing to by getting into just a, a portion of it. That's the easiest way I can explain it, is uh, we loved each other, but we weren't the the match we needed to be to move forward. Um, and that that's really what it was, man. It sucks, uh, but uh, uh, it's better than, yeah. look, like, uh <laughs> 
if you figure that out, that's the only move to make because you're just you're delaying the inevitable, and it's just going to be that much more heartbreaking yeah. if you right. you kick the can down the road. So, um, and that's what happened with you know my ex wife. You know, we kicked the can down the road for a, a long time, even though things weren't quite right, and it just made it way worse. So. Yeah, hopefully the I best for, for both you. of us going forward. For I'm sure. going to be on the lookout for a woman for you. I'm going to do that. I'm Please do. That. Yeah, I'm going to do that, really. Shout out to Ilse. She is an amazing, amazing girl. And I don't. I just hope the best for her. I really do. I hope that she finds happiness and everything's I cool. hope the best for you. To hell with her. I hope no. the best for you. You're my guy. I don't know her. <laughs> you, can, you can have both. Trust me. If I vouch for someone, I look, there are... There are a lot of girls, and uh, many of them are not even close to as good of a girl as she is. She's awesome. Um, but, you know, some things just don't work out. So I, I just hope it works out for the best for both of us going I in do. different directions. I really do. I, I want to talk about extra baggage. All right, if I, if I may, extra baggage, and everybody has it. If you go on a plane, it's not good. Extra baggage isn't good if you're flying because you got to pay extra money for extra baggage. But if you're an athlete or a coach, extra baggage may not be that bad. First of all, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. He was rolled out by the Browns, I think it was on Friday. The Browns said they did a complete investigation. But get this, they never talked to the 22 women involved in this case. But they did. They said they had a complete investigation. And for those who don't know what's going on, uh, he still faces civil lawsuits from the 22 women that alleged sexual assault and inappropriate conduct. So that's what the Browns said. But uh, as for coaches, you know, extra baggage, hey, the other day they brought Sean Miller back at Xavier University after being fired by Arizona. And there's a whole slew of former coaches that have had like, you know, pockmarks, I guess, against their name that have come back and uh, had a second life. So extra baggage may not be that bad because as we always say, talent trumps trouble. But let's get back to Deshaun Watson for a second. You know, the Cleveland Browns, you know, then uh, Deshaun Watson. Watson said he was surprised by the allegations, and he says he's innocent. What do you expect him to say? The Browns sold their soul, and I'm not too, I'm not certain, honestly, right now, what's going to happen as far as their chemistry with bringing him in to this ball club. Well, look, man. If uh, the Browns keep saying we did a full investigation, we were thorough, like all this stuff, but it's like you don't talk to any of the women. And I I understand that there are some uh, legal things, and I, I'm not up on every last portion of it, but the NFL has talked to some of these alleged victims, right? Mm-hmm, right. So why would it be impossible for the Browns to talk to some of them or Tony Busby or right? Like if you're doing this full investigation of, okay, J- Deshaun, you've got this version of the events that went down and maybe some people connected to you have a version of what went down. Well, there's another side and they have a completely different version. If you're only getting one side, but like, let's just say you and I, Andy, had a knockdown, drag-out argument. Complete hypothetical. This has never happened, right? I never Very will. easy to get along with. But let's just say that we did. And then our bosses, Don Martin and Scott Shapiro, they just talked to me. They didn't talk to you at all. And they said, we did an in-depth investigation. We were thorough. And they just talked to one side. Like, how thorough is that investigation if You're that's exactly the case? Right. 
But Andrew Berry, the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, said, and this is a quote, that his legal team, out of concern, it would be considered interfering with a criminal investigation, which I tell you what, it's a pretty good answer. It's a pretty good political answer. And I was really shocked that they even rolled him out to the media. You know, you sign the guy, you know, you're just looking for trouble bringing him out there because there's going to be a question and, and, and certainly an answer that's going to be hurtful to both parties. And the fact that the Browns said that they did a complete investigation by not even talking to the 22 women, that left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Right. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and, I, you know, Andy, this is the, the thing is if the allegations are true, I, I think of it this way, too. Uh, it's a tough situation to talk about, but I think of let's say the victims are telling the truth. Right. And then Deshaun has the audacity to go out there and be like, this never happened. While he already signed a $230 million guaranteed contract. Imagine how one of the victims, if true, again, underlined in bold, if true, and I don't know that to be the case, how they would feel at that stage of just like, you kidding me? You're lying through your teeth while you're getting over $200 million in guaranteed money. And like, what's happening here? Do I even matter at all? So... I just think about it from that perspective, if those allegations are true. But listen, this is not our first rodeo, Andy. We know how things work. The Browns are looking at it and saying, yeah, okay, we're we're aware of the allegations and they're serious, but you're looking at this from a business perspective. And if you just look at it from a business standpoint, where are the the teams that were after Deshaun? Are they better off without him? Are the Falcons better off with Mariota instead of Deshaun and all of his baggage? Or the Carolina Panthers, are they better off with Sam freaking Darnold right now or Deshaun Watson and all of his baggage? Like, those teams are better off with him in terms of football. And it's just funny how the Browns, they've got the scarlet letter right now as if they were the only team vying for his services. They were one of many. Right. I tell you what, I'm going back to my book, my nose notes, because I always keep the nose notes. You said this last week, and it's true. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I wrote that down. They're my nose notes, okay? And it's true. 22 women, I could say maybe the one or two women out there say, well, maybe it's a cash deal, a cash grab. Maybe, right. you know? 22? Right. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. 22. That's a lot. I know. So what is he going to do? So where's Roger Goodell? What is he going to do? He's going to slap with six games? They gave Tom freaking Brady four games for putting air in the football. So you're going to give this guy two games more, maybe? It doesn't make any sense. You know, you, you got to get this close to home, Roger. What if it was your daughter? Okay, let's think of it that way in that regard. Maybe that's the way you got to put it, you know, kind of yeah. micromanage a little bit, put it in the microscope and say, you know, it's not Deshaun Watson with 22 strange women. It's Deshaun Watson with a woman. Think about the women in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Think about the teammates he's going to have on the Browns who have daughters, their wives. That's what you got to think about. I, I differ with you on this one, Andy. And this is probably the most uncomfortable aspect of the the talk here, right, is – There's a difference between what affects on the field and things that have transpired off the field. Agreed. Look at Calvin Ridley. He's suspended for the entire season because of a couple of bets that he made. Do we, would anybody in their right mind say that what Calvin Ridley did 
is worse than what Deshaun Watson is accused of doing. Like, no. Like, let's let's say that it's true. These allegations are true, and where there is smoke, there's also a lot of fire. Let's just say they're true for the sake okay. of argument, okay? Right. okay. No, no one in their right mind is saying what Calvin Ridley did is worse than Deshaun Watson. But as it relates to the business of football – you can understand why Calvin Ridley pay, pay, placing a few bets. They are going to put the smackdown in terms of a punishment to set the tone of this can't happen in our league. We cannot have the perception that a lot of players are betting on games that they might be participating in while active players. And it's going to throw off the perception that everything's on the up and up. Right. Like the you- NFL in terms of business cannot have that and that's why some of those suspensions are going to be stiffer because it impacts the business of football and people lose sight of that like oh is this worse than that of course not of course it's not like Tom Brady and deflate gate it's nothing compared to the importance of the Deshaun Watson allegations but in the business of football like that that's the way the NFL looks well, at it and I think the, people the need betting, to look at it similarly. You're exactly right. The betting is going to hurt the credibility of the game itself. I think maybe even a, another example would be the Pete Rose situation. Is his gambling on the game worse than a guy taking drugs? You know, probably not, but it hurts the credibility of the game itself. The game will be totally damaged and and will have well, holes well, in it. Well, compare it to off the field, Andy. Like that's the thing is uh, okay, performance enhancing drugs. That that's you get Huge suspensions, no questions asked, right? Right, right. If it's a domestic violence situation, very, very serious, very serious, and they have their personal conduct policy and all of that. Uh, but it's it's a case by case deal, and it might you might be like, wait a minute, those allegations are so severe with uh, whether it's a Deshaun Watson situation with uh, like the massage. Uh, allegations it's stemming from that right. uh, versus you took PEDs or you bet on baseball and you could play that game all day Pete Rose is banned for ba- from baseball for life and you could have a baseball player like Trevor Bauer those serious allegations right he's not going to be banned for life he'll right? be picked up by someone so- shortly I'm sure right I mean, but that's the deal is they look at it on the field versus off the field. And hurting and, the game itself. Yes, and yes. so they are absolutely going to crack down on things that hurt the product and hurt the business. Like That's right. the way they look at it. You're exactly right. But it's hard to sell that to the general public. I that's get it. That's the key. It I really told, is. And you can't. You yeah. can't say it. There's no way Roger Goodell is going to be like, hey, thanks for your time at the press conference today. I just got to tell you, there's a big difference between on the field and off the field. They, they would be out of their oh. mind stupid to say that and put it in words. People would be like, what? But that's the that's the thinking behind the actions. You know, exactly that's what's right. exactly going on. And it's funny because we talk about extra baggage. I mean, Kelvin Sampson, Kelvin Sampson, who last night was coaching Houston and they lost to Villanova. Uh he was suspended in Indiana. I mean, he's had some some track record against him, but he's there, and he's still coach. Rick Pitino, he's in the Hall of Fame, fired at Louisville, rehired at Iona this year. Bruce Pearl at Auburn, suspended a couple of games, fired at Tennessee. Jerry Tarkanian, he sued the NCAA. I mean, here's these guys with baggage, but still in all, they had, they had second lives. They, they came back. Why? Talent trumps trouble. And I think everybody deserves a, ch- a second chance. Don't you? 
I think so. It, it depends, really depends. They, it, depends it depends on what, what we're talking about. Right, right. yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah. it's tough, man. But Does Trevor one- Bauer deserve a second chance? I don't know. I don't know. Some Someone's going to give him one, I would, I would assume, but I don't know if he deserves a second chance. Well, that's the dicey thing with those situations is, like, we weren't there. And there are two very different versions. The the woman's side saying, uh, hey, this that. went well above and beyond what I was signing up for and, and willing to engage in. And Trevor Bauer's position is like, this was just what she wanted. We, we were consenting adults. Like, this yeah. was what she wanted. So it's a really, really ch- tricky situation, Andy, but... I'll tell you this, um, without getting too much in the case-by-case thing, you know as well as I do, the more talent you have, the more teams are willing to overlook. That is the ugly truth of the whole thing. The more thing. bullets you have in your chamber. Yes, that's, what's what that, it is, that's yeah. just the way it goes. And we're not saying that's the way it should be. We're just talking about that's how it goes, man. You're exactly right. I tell you what, this is good conversation. I'm sure you want to get on Twitter and chat about it, or maybe on the phone. You go to the No Show, at the No Show on Twitter, at Andy Furman FSR, or you could give us a holler at 877-99 on Fox. That translates to 877-996-6369. we got bottom barrel betting in this hour. Brian Noah, no picks in hour number three and finally he might have found the true home that's Nick. this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next the amex dedicated card member entrance for the win Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next. How many chances does he get? We'll explain that in just about a minute, about 22 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And first, a word from Indeed. Hiring heating up? Well, Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge powered by Indeed. Now, let's talk about some power here in the National Football League. B. Carolina Panthers general manager Scott Fritter has said last month the starting quarterback job was wide open for the Carolina Panthers. Now, he said Sam Donald is in the lead for the job. First question, 
Why is the general manager talking about this and not the coach? That's what I'd like to know. What's wrong with the GM talking about the roster? That's what a GM would be talking about. Well, how I understand he makes the roster and helps formulate the roster, and he's paying for the roster, but he doesn't know who is in the lead for the job, I wouldn't think, for the roster or position on that roster. I think the coach would have more of a say-so. And I tell you what, if I'm the coach and not knowing, and I pick up a paper and see this maybe on the Internet, you know, I'm blindsided. Wait a second, hold back here. Uh, Scott, I mean, I'm making the decision who's going to be the quarterback on my team. Doesn't it work that way? Uh, like, no, not in this instance where, what, it's P.J. Walker? Is Do you think that, as it stands right now, it's Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker? Do you think that Matt Rule is like, I'll decide if it's Sam or P.J. Scott? Like, I've got this. No, man, like... That's how it stands right now. By default, Sam Darnold is the starter. Right. So I, re- I, I don't yeah. know. Every now and then, you got an axe to grind with something that doesn't require an axe at all. At all. Like, like a GM like talking Harry. about the roster. Of course he's going to be talking like about the roster. Axe. I like carrying an axe. I really do. However, I will say this. The reason why things have changed, I guess, in a month, and he's kind of saying that Sam Darnold's in the forefront because they lost that on Deshaun Watson. i got to believe that's the reason. Of course it is. Like, yeah. duh. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, they're looking for their next quarterback. It didn't work out. They were completely invested in trying to land Deshaun Watson, trade for him. He opted for Cleveland. He went somewhere else. And now they're left with, oh, gosh, do we go with the quarterback in the first round? Is that our path? Is it Baker Mayfield? Ugh. Is it Jimmy G? Ugh. Like That's where they're at right well, now. Well, think about those guys. Again, why not Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz? I, I don't get it. I mean, they put all their eggs in one basket, and there was a Desha- Deshaun Watson that they couldn't get him. You know, I mean, they even probably, I think they, they were looking for Russell Wilson as well way back in the day, all right, a couple of weeks ago. But that didn't happen either. But Ryan and Wentz are still better than what they got. Mm, I mean, but it doesn't do wonders for you. You're not looking at upgrading like a bit from Sam Darnold. You're looking at a guy that could be a difference maker. So those difference makers on the that were traded for are Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. They got neither of them. So yeah, of course they're gonna swing for the fences with those guys talent wise. Those are the guys that can make a difference on the football field. And it didn't work out for them. And now plan B is not nearly as sexy going forward. So uh, you can understand like to be like, why did they go after Carson Wentz? Because he's Carson Wentz. Like, Why did they go after Matt Ryan? Well, he's a, from a divisional rival. They're probably not going to trade him to you anyway. And at this stage of Matt Ryan's career, coupled with how many holes that Panthers roster has, Matt Ryan is not in a position like mascara and blush and rouge and all. Like, he's not eyeliner. He's not going to make up for all of the deficiencies on that roster at this stage of his career. Hello, it's just like the Falcons, very similar to the Falcons roster. How, how much is it, Matt Ryan compensating for those deficiencies? Not, not much at this stage of his career. You've got to surround him with a lot more than Carolina has. It wouldn't have worked out with him either. Okay, so we say that Sam Donald's in the lead for the Carolina Panthers quarterback position. I would say he's probably in the lead until the draft because Panthers have like the sixth pick in the draft and they'll definitely pick a quarterback. 
You know, I don't know who's going to be available, who they're going to get, but I think they've got to go for a quarterback. Look, they're passing up on probably the highest profile quarterback available, and that's Baker Mayfield. Doesn't speak much for Baker Mayfield right now. No, it doesn't at all. And look, that's exactly what they might end up doing. But for Matt Rule, think about this. This is do or die territory for their head coach. And that just shows you, if you have Russell Wilson, you're in win now mode. You might not win a Super Bowl or anything, but you're a lot better. You're in the playoff hunt. That is a huge, huge deal in a division that's favorable. You got Tampa and then what? Right. Not a whole lot. You know, like, yeah. So that would have been huge for Carolina on the field. If they were able to land Deshaun Watson, you're hoping he's your quarterback for the next decade. That would have been huge. Didn't work out. And now the alternative, man, it looks a lot more bleak. And unless one of these guys like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, or if they use a top 10 pick and just say, ah, hey, crazier things have happened. We don't know. We're not completely convinced this guy's going to be the real deal. But let, let's take a flyer. Let's give it a shot. Like There have been crazier scenarios that have worked out. I just don't know if that's going to be the case for Carolina. I would not expect it in 2022, at least, that if they go with the rookie, he's going to hit the ground running. They got cap room. They got about $28 million in cap room. That's number one. Number two, don't be surprised. Well, what about, uh, what about Cam Newton? He's available. A big deal. I, I know. I'm just saying. It doesn't do anything. It really doesn't. They got to draft a quarterback. I, and I don't know who they're going to draft. And I don't know who's going to be available at six. That's the thing. But I guess the highest profile quarterback in the draft probably is Kenny Pickett with his extended fingers right now with the stretch deal. <laughs> well, right? look, every quarterback might be available at six. This is not a star-studded quarterback group. So they might have their pick at number six of uh, we could go Malik Willis. We could go Kenny Pickett. We could go with whomever. That very well might be the scenario for them. You know, I tell you what, though, I wouldn't want to be the guy making the draft pick or making calling the shots. But again, in the National Football League, the general manager is the one that gets on the hot seat who probably has been told by the personnel people and the scouts who to pick. But he's the guy that comes – the name comes out of his mouth and he's the guy that has to live with it. But I don't know if I want to draft the guy. Remember, we don't talk about the competition these guys play with. This guy, Malik Willis, may be a great quarterback, but he played for Liberty. I mean, come on. Well, look, Andy, listen, a couple of things. It's interesting how – some of these teams are structured like there are certain guys that have final say certain head coaches that have final say Kyle yeah. Shanahan with the Niners he's got final say I'm sure Matt Bill Rule has, has final say I'm sure right? like, got final so say. I look at it like this if Matt Rule has final say and this is do or die territory if Carolina does not have a good record he is adios muchacho see ya hit it like what are you doing Are you doing something that's, let's just say for the sake of argument, Matt Rule is not convinced that any of these quarterbacks is going to be a stud. Does he say, look, I got to be honest, what's best for the organization, we don't reach with the top 10 pick for one of these guys that I don't think is going to pan out. And we're going to wait till next year where it's a better quarterback draft, and that's when we make our move. Are you making that decision if you are more likely to be fired if you don't have a legitimate right. quarterback for Great 2022. Point. like I doubt that's the determination you're making. I'm with you right there. I mean, he knows his rear end is on the line. Yeah. And it, and it may be the best decision for them to forego a quarterback in sure. the draft, but it may cost him his job. Yeah. That's the thing. So they're probably going to take a flyer on a guy and hope it works out. Wow. There we go. He's Brian, though. 
I'm Andy Furman. Get us on Twitter at the No Show at Andy Furman FSR. Or better yet, we'd love to hear from you at eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. A rule that needs to change. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, a man who we hope will never change. Brian <laughs> Fenley with the latest. Take off your uniform. Take off your cleats. Take off your jock strap. Thank you, Andy and Brian, on that note. Yet, there are two beautiful NCAA Tournament Elite Eight games later on today. We'll get to that in a moment. But from yesterday, number two Duke in the other pair of Elite Eight contests won in a game against number four Arkansas, 78-69. to A.J. Griffin had a seismic performance of 18 points, leading the Dukies to what is Coach K's 13th trip to a Final Four and the first since 2015. Number two Villanova is on to the final four after they paced number five Houston 50 to 44 in a slobber knocker, a low scoring affair where the Wildcats made just a 29% clip from the field. And there was also the added storyline in that Justin Moore, one of their stars, is dealing with a lower right leg injury that he sustained at the end of this game. And according to his head coach, Jay Wright, the thought process of him playing doesn't seem to be bright and that more will have an MRI this upcoming week. By the way, the two games. So we start things off at 2.20 Eastern in the afternoon with Kansas taking on the 10th-seeded Miami. The winner of that one will take on Villanova, who, by the way, is in the Final Four for the third time in the last six years. And then after that game concludes, it's North Carolina against a team that everybody had in the Elite Eight, and that was 15-seeded St. Peter's, 5.05 Eastern in the evening is when that one gets going. And, of course, the winner of that one will take on Coach K and the Dukies. On the women's NCAA tournament slate, a pair, make that four, Sweet 16 contest from Saturday. And here are the teams that have advanced. Number three, Michigan. Number two, UConn, after they used a 16-0 second-half run to distance themselves from number three, Indiana, 75 to 58. And then two one seeds are on to the next round. That would be number one, Louisville, after they pound number four, Tennessee, 76 to 64. And the one seed in NC State as they hold off number five, Notre Dame. Yes, Brian, I did say Notre Dame, 66 to 63. And finally, to the NBA. Yeah, there is actually NBA basketball happening during the NCAA tournament. Some people forget that. The Nuggets are winners against the Thunder, 113 to 107. Nikola Jokic, 35 points, 12 rebounds and eight assists. How about the Grizzlies? No John Moran. He's currently injured, but they had no problems against the Bucks. 127 to 102. De'Anthony Melton was There dying. was a fire during that game. They played in front of no fans. I believe that was the Toronto. Yeah. Toronto yeah that game? Toronto game. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Memphis. I'm sorry. No. Memphis is in Tennessee and Toronto is in Canada. Memphis is not wow, in Canada. Wow. Disrespectful, buddy. Disrespectful. <laughs> wow. wow. By the way, I'll leave you with these two. I deserved it. Well, you deserve a lot. The Nets clobber the Heat 110 to 95. Kevin Durant 23 points and Alex Caruso flirting with a double double, a ten or triple double, a ten points, eight rebounds, seven assists. So you count. That's the, that's a little far from flirting. You, you think so? Yeah. Well, I you will, need- 
Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, so if you add the 10, the 8, and the 7 from that stat line, 25, that's about as many hair follicles as he has on his head. <laughs> it's true. It's it's true. The Bulls win, by the way, 98-94 to 94 over the Cavs. With that, let's get it back to the fedora-wearing Andy Furman and the overall-wearing Brian No. I didn't know that you wore overalls there, B. Apparently, I do. If Brian Fenley (laughs) says it, it's true. There we go. Thank you. See you in about an hour. All right. Time for a new look. We'll get to that in just about a minute. And we've crossed the 50-yard line. It will be called Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Brian No, and I'm Andy Furman. And uh, it's time to let you know that Bonham Barrel Betting will be coming up in about six, seven minutes from now. But they are going to think about changing the NFL overtime rule, a long time coming. Two proposals under consideration, uh, one by the Colts, one by the Eagles, proposed in making it mandatory for each team to have an overtime possession before moving to sudden death. I like it. I like that. I, I think it's it's a long time coming, this overtime deal. Yeah, listen, I have two arguments that seem to contradict each other, Andy. But uh, here's, I'll give you my, my brief uh, take on this. Where if you look at the Bills in the playoff loss against the Chiefs, this is what brought about the whole conversation. Right. My takeaway in that game is play some defense and spare me your tears. You know, do what the Bengals did. Play some defense. You didn't win the toss, but the Bengals forced an interception. They got the ball. They got in range and they won the game. Kicked a field goal, won the game. You can, even in this day and age, believe it or not, make sure you're sitting down, you can play solid defense and earn a possession, right? It can be done. With that being said, I do think it's in the NFL's best interest to guarantee both teams get a possession. I agree. Because it's better for entertainment value. I can't sit here and tell you, Andy, that was peak entertainment value with Josh Allen and the Bills not getting a possession. I can't I tell you that. It would have been better for the NFL if they did get a possession. So I think you do what's in the best interest of the entertainment value and having the best product that you're presenting to your fan base. So Agreed. I think they should change it. Both teams get a, a possession. But the way it was, I don't want it to be, oh, the coin toss determines who wins. Really? Because that didn't happen the very next week in the same stadium against the Bengals. Well, look, the Chiefs won the coin toss. They chose to receive. They scored a touchdown on their first drive, giving the Bills and their offense on the sideline unable to affect the outcome of the game. That's basically what it was. But they have now some stats here. Since the current requirement for an opening possession touchdown was instituted for the 2012 regular season, teams winning the coin toss have won 50% of the time, according to league data. So uh, the number moved up a little bit to about 54% since the league shortened the overtime from a max of 15 minutes to 10 minutes. But you're right. You got to play the game, but entertainment-wise, and I think perception-wise, because even I think it was Tony Romo who said, "Here comes Superman." During the Bengals game, when the Bengals lost the coin toss and right. the Rams took over, and the Rams had the ball, and Tony Romo said, "Oh, here comes Superman," basically saying the game is over. You know, so entertainment-wise and perception-wise, this is the best thing for the league. You got to change it. I'll tell you what, the worst proposal is from the Titans where they're like, all right, how about this? If the team that wins the toss, if they score a touchdown, game isn't over. They've got to convert a two-point play. Then it's over. <laughs> like, that, that's dumb. If they that's don't, dumb. then the other team gets the ball. Like, really, Andy, play this out. Imagine it's the Bills and uh, Chiefs game again. All right? right? So let's say 
the the NFL had implemented the Titans idea for overtime. So the Chiefs win the toss, they go right down the field, they score a touchdown. Now they have to convert a two-point play. Let's say they do that. Do you think fans are walking away like, well, I mean, hey, if the Bills can't prevent a touchdown or a two-point conversion, they don't deserve a possession. They're still bellyaching like crazy that Josh Allen didn't get a shot. It's a stupid proposal by the, the Titans. I think it's one of two things. You keep it the way it is. Or you say both offenses get a shot. That's it. Right. That's it. Like, we it's don't not need that to, difficult, really. Yeah, You're right. we don't need to go with, oh, all right, we're going to have a sudden death uh, kicking contest. Of, we'll start at the 40, and whoever misses, all right, you make it. We go to, back to the 50. There are so many ridiculous ideas for overtime. I think it's simple. I think it's one of two things. You keep it the way it is, or you guarantee both offenses get a possession. That's it. You're exactly right. The competition committee will meet next week in Palm Beach, Florida, and they'll discuss to see if there's going to change enough to see if they have enough owners to agree on a specific proposal. So they'll get that done right there. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio, at the No Show, at Andy Furman FSR, 877 877- 99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. There's no coin toss here. It's straight from the gut knowledge. We call it bottom barrel betting, and it's all yours. Freaking next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 12 minutes now before the top of the hour. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. Together, we're Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. But right now, we got a game to play, so what the hell are we waiting for? Let's play. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, Nicky, I thought you was late. Barrel, barrel. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Yeah, and the man who holds it all together, the one, the only, BT. Hello, BT. What's up, Andy? What's up, Brian? How you guys doing today? Great, man. How I'll are you? I'll let you know Everything in a minute. Good? I'm doing all right. Yeah, that's Just, good. Uh, you know, a little tired, but what? What are you good. tired for? How much sleep did you get? <laughs> I usually get about you know three hours Whoa. on you know Saturday nights. Okay, so let's let's do a guessing game here, Andy. I'm gonna price Over-rider. is right style. I'm gonna say uh, only an hour forty-five. You know that he got last night. What do you say? I say about forty-five minutes. Forty-five. What, what's the correct answer? I got Andy? about two hours. Two so, hours last oh. night. Winner, I want that included into the total this week. I'm already off to a one and zero start. I lost that too. Well, last week you both finished three and two, so oh. you tied. Ah. So let's see if this week you guys can untie. Okay. And we can come away with a winner. So Kyrie Irving is yeah. making his home debut today after a long wait because of vaccine mandates. The Nets take on the Hornets today, and the last time these two teams met, Kyrie dropped a fifty burger. Andy and Brian, over or under 42 and a half points for Kyrie in his home debut? That's Brian, high, you could man. go because you just beat me this morning on this one. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think that's high, man. I got to take the under under just based on principle. He's capable of going for, what, 43, but I'll, I'll bet the under all day. I'm going the over. I'm wow. going the over because I think they're going to do a big deal for him today in Brooklyn. Okay. Feed him. Feed him. All right, so keeping it in the, uh, well, actually, no, that's not the same state, but let's go to NCAA basketball. Obviously, St. Peter's, the yes. Cinderella run continues. The Peacocks will be taking on UNC. And in their previous game, St. Peter's were out rebounded 37 to 26, so a minus 11 mm-hmm. in rebound differential. Andy and Brian, over or under, nine and a half rebound differential. For St. Peter's against UNC over, in today's over, game. Over. <sighs> it's 
it's a, it's a high line. It's a high right. You could be overly influenced by the previous game. Armando Baycott is going to be nasty on the boards over there. I will grit my teeth and white knuckle the over. But man, that's that might be a generous line by you, Brandon. We'll see how it unfolds here. I mean, it was kind of funny watching Purdue. Like they had a guy who was yeah. literally Seven like. Four. Like four inches taller than everybody else on the team. It was crazy. Yeah. So keeping it in the NCAA, let's not forget about the NIT. Uh, In the final four of the NIT, we have Xavier taking on St. Bonaventure, while Washington State takes on Texas A&M. So Andy and Brian, over or under 275.5 total points between these two final four games in the NIT. Wow, two seventy-five. All right, so that's you know it's a legitimate total. We're talking in the neighborhood of one forty for each game, roughly a little under that. Uh, <sighs> Man, uh, this is the last time in the garden, right? Yeah. I'm gonna take the under. Some fireworks in the garden here for these final four NIT. You know, I'm teams. gonna take the over. I'm taking the over in this. Yeah. So let's go to the biggest sporting event on Sunday. The Oscars. The power of the dog is looking to be an early favorite to take home multiple Academy Awards. Andy and Brian, over or under, four and a half total Oscars for the power of the dog. Over. This awards show. Definitely over. How many? What's the line again, Brandon? Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Give me the under on that. It's a lot of awards. A lot of awards. You know? Maybe they get upset in a category. Give me the under on that. Really? Yeah. Will you be watching it though, B? Probably. Not. I, yeah, I might. I might flip over, give it a little bit of a, a look-see right there because what we've got the final game Eastern Time. It's around five. You know, yeah, so and then, by eight. Yeah, you yeah. go into the Oscars. If yeah, I'll yeah. watch a little bit of that. Yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot of the movies that are nominated. That's not as fun when you don't see as many. You know. I agree. All right, so let's keep our final bet with the Oscars, except this one is a little more sports-related. Will Smith is the favorite to win the Oscar for Best Actor for his role as Richard Williams, Venus and Serena Williams' father in the film King Richard. Andy and Brian, will the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air become the Fresh King of the Oscars (laughs) and win Best Actor? Or in other words, yeah, Will Smith winning Best Actor. Are you taking it? Yes, Definitely. I say no. This. I say no. Really? You're going yeah. the other way. I'm going the other way. I really am. I'm sorry. Sorry I got to yeah, do that to you. That's, you're going to be now, wrong. Now, now I'm going to have to watch. Now I'm going to have to watch to see. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom. Right? We get a, we get a nominee from that film. It's a Netflix film. But I'm saying Will Smith takes it. We'll see how it goes. There we and go. And that's bottom barrel betting. Thank you so very much. By the way, was it a necessity or was it desperation? We'll tell you that and so much more. Where? Our Fox Sports Sunday coming up right here. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next! Quite simply, it's not a good look. We'll explain that in just about a minute. But first, with a little word from Indeed. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenges standing at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge Powered by Indeed. And now, without further ado, let me introduce my partner and friend, the man of the hour, the brains of the outfit, of course, the man who carries the heavy load, the one and only Mr. Brian No B. How are you? Good as always, Andy Furman. I'm glad yes. that you check in each hour to make sure. I appreciate I always, that. I care for you. Things are good. I care for you. Things I really do. Yeah. By the way, you know, far be it for me to slam on someone. I'm not that kind of a guy. I got a big heart. I'm a oh, big yeah. heart. Oh, yeah. You started off yeah. slamming yeah. the term Cinderella. So, yes, you are all yeah. heart here, Andy. I got a me. big heart. I really do. I'm a heartful person. I am. Okay. Yeah. However, I was going to take a real stick and slam Gonzaga because I got bounced out of the tournament by Arkansas. And I was going to say, well, you know, look Don't who they play. Don't put that stick down. Use that well, stick. Well, the West Coast Conference is a weak conference, but then you can't really be credible if you say that, and then you look at St. Peter's and the garbage conference that they play in, and look where they're at. So I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what direction they're going. I do want to slam Gonzaga because I think they got a lot of credit for what they do over the years, but who do they beat? University of San Francisco, these these teams that play in that conference. You could start for a team in the West Coast Conference. You, you, fin- you Brian Fenley, no. uh, Let's, let's not get crazy over and, here. Uh, two on. other guys out of the phone settled book. down. You settled down. Very disrespectful to the West Coast Conference. This is where my mind goes, Andy. You tell me if you buy this or not. Makes sense to me. Tell Some me. people get all out of sorts when you compare two different sports and two different levels, you know? Right. But the the Zags, they show me that the Patriots were unfairly criticized for a lot of years. Because think about this. Gonzaga, they beat up on this West Coast Conference. They reign supreme. And then they end up with a high seed in the tournament, and then they haven't won jack. They have not won a championship under Mark Few in spite of all of their regular season success. If you look at the Patriots, with their run, when Tom Brady was there, what did you hear all the time? Oh, the AFC East. They've got this easy division, and no wonder they're winning championships. That was just a stupid uh, criticism of them because although it was an advantage, and although it was part of the reason they would typically have a high seed in the playoffs, 
It wasn't the reason they're winning championships. But they made and, it to the end right, at least. They did. And you look at Gonzaga, they show that regular season success does not guarantee postseason success. It's the same thing with the Patriots. So to put everything on the AFC East as if that's the only reason or even the main reason they're winning championships was stupid. It didn't make any sense. That's what I take out of it. Okay, but my point is this. I mean, if I'm going to argue about the regular season success or lack thereof, uh, there's no correlation because I'm looking at St. Peter's who didn't really have a lot of regular season success and look where they're at now. We're saying the same thing, just in different ways. Like, the, what you do in the regular season, that's why it's the postseason. Oh, it it's a completely right. different season. Yes. So, I hear you, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're so, right. So if you look at the Patriots, some people get it twisted and they don't follow it, right? They're like, college basketball, NFL, it's a stretch. Come on. We're just talking about an easier, a favorable regular season path. And like if you... Uh, if there are some advantages with that, you have a higher seed, right? The Patriots had a couple of bye weeks when they were earning a one or two seed with the previous playoff format. Didn't guarantee anything. Look at Green Bay. The last two years, they've been a one seed. What have they done in the playoffs? You're right. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at their division last year. Every team had a losing record, but them in the NFC North, and they were one and done. They didn't even win a playoff game. So they certainly benefited from their more favorable path, but they didn't do anything come playoff wise. And it just, it bothered me that so many people took credit away from the Patriots winning six Super Bowls. Cause all oh, the AFC East and that trash division. It's like, you are making no sense right now. Right. You got to get credit where credit season. is due. It's yeah, an amazing the playoffs, yeah. The playoffs are a new season as is the month of March is a new season. You're exactly right. And now I see where the St. Peter's thing does come into play because it's a new season. They didn't yeah. do squat in the regular season. You know, they were lucky. They won their tournament, the postseason tournament. They beat Iona. I couldn't believe that. I thought Iona was going to go undefeated and march on, but I will tell you this. Honestly, I honestly think that St. Peter's has gone farther than Iona would have gone in the tournament. That's fine, but I, you know, I, I don't look at the tournament as justification for who got in, who didn't. I look at it like this. Take Michigan, for instance. Another good example. A lot of people thought Michigan shouldn't have been in the tournament. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're advancing, and you're like, well, I guess they got it right. I don't look at it like that, Andy. Your resume is your resume before the tournament begins. Whatever your credentials are, that's what it is. It doesn't change. So if you thought Michigan shouldn't have gotten in to the tournament, you shouldn't change your tune when they're winning tournament games. Like that, that doesn't change their regular season resume at all. So I just look at it differently than, than a lot of people do because they'll use the tournament and be like, oh, well, I guess uh, they knew what they were doing because they advanced. It's like, bro, that didn't change the regular season resume at all. Right. They had a tough regular season. You know, they just put it together. Or maybe the opponents they matched up better with in the tournament. That That's a possibility right. as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and who's to say that the team that didn't get in wouldn't have done the same thing? Right. I don't think Iona would have gotten as far as St. Peter's. Um, but that doesn't mean if you take it in another way where I know that's an automatic bid and St. Peter's won the conference tournament and that's just the way it is. You get in, no questions asked if you win your conference tournament. Uh, but if it's an at-large bid and let's say it's Michigan and uh, who's to say that the team that would have gotten in instead of them wouldn't have had a, 
a deeper tournament run. Who knows? You'll never know that. So I don't use the tournament as, oh, I guess it makes sense now. <laughs> you know, they knew what they were doing, the selection committee. I, I look at it differently. Right, and and then they'll say the selection committee was crazy for giving a Kentucky a two seed because they lost to a 15 seed St. Peter's. Right, it, yeah. Right, right? It, it, yeah, and it's like, you know what it reminds me of if we bring in the NFL? It reminds me of the MVP award, you know, because you get to the postseason and right. Aaron Rodgers is one and done and all these people are like, why is he winning MVP? Because he was a freaking baller and they were a and one seed. And it's decided prior to. <laughs> yes, it's a regular season award. The postseason doesn't factor in, nor should it, in my opinion. Right. That's why there's. it's better for the NFL that it doesn't. You would just wait to the postseason, see who advanced the far the farthest, and said, "Well, the, it's uh, it's Matthew Stafford, I guess, you know, or it's Joe Burrow. It's one of those two guys who advanced to the Super Bowl. Like that's that's not in the NFL's best interest. You want all of the talking points." During the regular season, it right. leads to more interest. So, well, I, I think the public doesn't realize that that award is locked yeah, in. Before it's just the, regular the season. Well, That's Vrabel it. got coach of the year. People are going to say, "Well, how come the Super Bowl yeah. winning coach didn't get right. coach of the year?" Right, right. Mike yeah, Vrabel it's, got it's it. Just a regular season award. You could do that with college football. You could say, "How did this guy not win the Heisman? Look at what he did in the college football playoff." It's like, dude, the votes were in before any of that happened. So, right. uh, it's just funny how it goes like that. Well, how come UCF doesn't go to the Final Four in football, right? Oh, Central Florida, that's, that's, right? That's right. <laughs> I got uh, it. I got I give 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 me a little credit for that. I mean, yeah. really, we had to get a shot for them. But it's true. You know, you got to play people to get somewhere. But but then again, I, that's why this basketball tournament is so great because, you know, these people who don't play great schedules are doing well. Not a lot of them, but you look what's happening right now. I'd love to see St. Peter's get in the Final Four. I don't know if they can get past UNC. I never thought they'd get past Kentucky. Yeah. You know what's funny, Andy? Yeah. You know what's funny is look, I'm guilty of this too at times, is you're always trying to figure out the reason why. You know, in college basketball, how did this happen? Why did St. Peter's get to the Elite Eight? Why did they beat Kentucky? Why did they beat Purdue? Oh, it's it's the chemistry of these uh, these guys that are around for more than one year. These one and done guys. No wonder they don't do anything. Right? People are just off and running. Like sometimes the answer isn't as complex as we try to make it out to be. Right? Where it's right. like St. Peter's has just outplayed their opponents. It's as easy as that. And you're looking for these reasons as to, well, why? That's just too simplistic. Why? What's the reason? It's for a multitude of reasons, but this idea that just because they've been together longer, that's the only reason. Why did they get off to such a sucky start against hack teams at the beginning of the season? And let's go they had all this it, yeah. chemistry for being together for years. Like and That doesn't, sudden, yeah. that, that doesn't you, like, compute. You're exactly right. And all of a sudden now, Shaheen Holloway is the, is the next John Wooden. I mean, all of a sudden he became a great coach overnight in the playoffs. He probably was always a good coach. It, it just happened to mesh right now, and these guys are playing at a different level in this tournament. I mean, that's what it is. He's not a better coach, but I will tell you this much. Many an athletic director right now is looking at this guy to hire sure, him because yes. what he's done over that's three games. We, we right. know that. We, that's the way it goes. Um, there are plenty of examples. Andy Enfield at USC. Right. With his when run. He was with, Gulf Coast. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've seen, look at Shaka Smart, what he did at VCU. And he's struggled since moving up and taking still a more ho- high profile job. Yeah. So listen, it's not. Um, it just gives you an opportunity. 
It doesn't mean that you're going to be a beast and you're going to reign supreme at a higher level, but it gives you a chance to see if you can get it done on that level. That, that's the way it goes. I have no issue with that. It's just the idea of why. Why has St. Peter's gotten to the Elite Eight? Oh, I know why. It's this chemistry, and they've been around longer, and then why did they suck in the non-conference schedule if they were that yeah. good and had that much chemistry? I, I heard a commentator say, they, oh, they, they're winning right now because they play with a chip on their show. Well, they didn't play with a chip on their shoulder back in, in, in November. I mean, yeah. what kind of a, a reasoning is that? You know, I, yeah. they're just playing good ball Look, man, at the yeah. right time. That's it's, all. It's college basketball. It's 40 minutes and there's a three-point line and who knows what's going to happen. How about the Houston game? Houston shot one for 20, 20 yeah. from three. It's 5%. You know, like... Crazy stuff happens, and I'm not chalking everything up to chance because St. Peter's has played very, very well. But sometimes the the answer, just because it sounds good and it feels like you stumbled onto something really smart, you're like, therefore it is. Like, oh, it's got to be these guys are around longer than these one-and-done teams. Mm, look at Duke. They're doing pretty well. They're, they're right there in the Final Four, too. You can't have a long run with a lot of one-and-done guys. And St. Peter's would have been off to a much better start if they had all that chemistry. Like, that can't be the sole reason they are where they are. Right. I will tell you this much. I'm really glad for two reasons that Duke won yesterday. Number one, I want to see Coach K go out on, on top. It will be a beautiful story, although there'll be people saying that the tournament was fixed for him to win it. I know it. That's, <laughs> That's gonna, ridiculous. Gonna, you know it's going to happen. There'll be some lunatics going there, down that direction. And yeah. number two, if they would have lost yesterday – you would not even have known who they lost to because it all would have been Coach K legacy stories. That's all you would have heard today. His first game well, ever played, that he played for Bob Knight at Army, everything yeah, like fine, that. Fine, fine. Like, listen, he's a, a giant. He's won five titles. We all know his right. credentials. He's he's had an unbelievable he's run. He's the GOAT. Here's the thing, Andy, and I think this is unfortunate. It might not even happen, but if St. Peter's found a way to beat North Carolina, you know as well as I do, if Duke faces St. Peter's and Duke would win, you would have a lot of people saying, it's not even a real tournament path. He he took down a 15 oh, seed yeah. in the no, final. You're right. right? Like, you're right. You would hear that type of stuff. And it might not even come to that. I expect North Carolina to win the game. So I might be just wasting your time here. But I, I do think this is interesting where if that were the case, St. Peter's earned their way. Sure. You know, they, they're a legitimate opponent and I think it would be absurd to just roll your eyes and be like it wasn't even a real opponent if they get by them I don't think that'll be the case but uh, it would be unfortunate if that's the way it exactly well, let, went Let's down. back up a little bit. Not only did they earn their way if they beat North Carolina, they earned their way into the tournament because they yeah. finished so poorly during the regular season. What did they do? They won three games in a row in that MAC conference that they yeah. play in to deserve a shot here. And they yeah. beat a, a pretty good Iona team. They really well, did. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, they did. And Look, they've proven that they're legit. You don't just luck your way into beating Kentucky – and then luck your way into beating Purdue. A two seed, a three seed, and you sprinkle in Murray State along the way. Those aren't just luck wins. Like They've got skill. They've got a legitimate squad. And they're playing great. It's about getting hot at the right time. So, yeah, we'll see if they can, uh, they can uh, match North Carolina's level today. Because it's one of those, it just, what, oh the, man, what a win! But the next game, are they really going to win this game? And so far they have.
Have you? I haven't looked. Have you seen the line on that game? The North oh, Carolina. Andy, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, what is the line? You got on nose that picks game? around the the corner here. Oh, what would you oh, guess? Uh, what would be I Andy would Furman North, handicapping it? How big of a favorite is North Carolina? North Carolina by seven and a half. That's pretty good. Eight points. Really? Yeah, yeah you I might have missed look. your I calling as a handicapper. No, please, no. No, don't get me involved with that. I'm not <laughs> going right. there, really. All right, what do you have for the Coastal Carolina-South Alabama game tomorrow? What, what do you have the line? I'm just kidding, right? Like, oh. I don't know how they set these lines and are as accurate as they routinely are. It's insane. I would say this, though, that Kansas-Miami game, Miami of Florida today, I would say Kansas might be a double-digit line. No, nope. yeah, you're wrong about that. I'd say about 10 and a half. No. That. Really? Six. Six really? for Rock Chalk, yeah. Wow, really? That yeah. Kansas is, well. All what do right. you say? Load up on the Jayhawks? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I like the Jayhawks. I really right. do. We move on. Bill Self, I former coach at Oral Roberts, an alum. Yeah. An alum. There you go. By the way, he's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. Get us on Twitter. I'm sure you must have a comment. Get it off your chest at the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman FSR, or better yet, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. And, of course, the one and only Brian No knows picks in this hour. But they're on the outside looking in. We'll tell you who next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They sold their soul. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But first, a word from Indeed. They're hiring, heating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenges standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's million-dollar Bracket Challenge power by Indeed. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman with Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And I think the major question that was circling at least in the National Football League this week, and it may be in many fans' minds, the Cleveland Browns gifted their franchise to a quarterback who basically sat out all of 2021 while facing 22 still active civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault or misconduct. Now, the question is, 
he'll play, and I do want to see him play because I like him as a quarterback, and it's entertaining, as you would always mention, Brian. But after breaking the bank to get him, can the Browns afford to maintain championship-caliber supporting cast by the time he's fully available to them on the center? That's the question. Will I have enough money to get some players surrounding Deshaun Watson to make them a competitive ball club? Yes, this is the cost of doing business, right? We typically don't see this much guaranteed money. We've never seen this. Right. It's well over, what, 80? We're talking $80 million over. Josh Allen had the most guaranteed money along with Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes, like you're guaranteeing what? Mahomes had $141 million. Deshaun at... 230, like you're in the neighborhood of 90 million more guaranteed for Deshaun. It's crazy, but yes, like look at it this way, Andy. There was a good point this week where um, I read all this stuff left and right, you know, and uh, there was a good point by an executive that said, when you saw the money be that high, it probably saved the, the Browns maybe a couple of second round picks. There were no players involved. In the deal, you think about uh, Russell Wilson, the price tag for him, right? The uh, the Broncos had to give up three players, two of them starters, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris. So if you look at the Browns, they didn't have to do that. Well, why? Well, because the Browns were guaranteeing all of that money. And so when Deshaun said, I want to go to Cleveland, that gave the Browns some leverage to say, all right, here's what we're willing to trade you, Houston. And Houston had to play ball to an extent. And so if you ask yourself, you're getting Deshaun Watson. Right. Yes, there's a lot of baggage, and a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable with that decision. But in terms of the business of football, you're getting a quarterback that could be your franchise guy for the next decade. And with the price tag being so high in terms of the contract, that might save you a couple of second-round picks in the process. So if you look at it from that standpoint... Just business-wise, it does make a lot more sense if you say, we're hoping this guy is our dude for the next decade. And how do we surround him? You're just talking about, are they going to have enough money? What's one of the best ways to surround a quarterback that you're paying a boatload of cash? You draft well. You hit on your draft picks. So if that saved you a couple of picks along the way, you can make the argument in terms of football, it made sense. You know, I will tell you this much, for, for his sake, for Deshaun Watson's sake, not that he needs my blessing or support, but for his sake, I hope he wins. And why do I say that? Because if he doesn't win, all the garbage from what he has allegedly done with these 22 women will come to play. Like, what do we need him for? He had baggage, whatever. If he wins, no one's going to even know. And why do I say that? I'm not, I'm not a fortune teller, but that's just the way it is in sports. And we saw it in Cincinnati with Joe Mixon. He had a problem. He broke a girl's face at the University of Oklahoma. And there was some rumbling saying, I wish the Bengals don't draft him. There's going to be problems here in Cincinnati. He's been a model citizen. He's done well on the football field. No one has said a boo about him. Nothing. So when you win and you have some problems, the problems go away. Well, I can't say I'm rooting for Deshaun because I don't know what happened. The the deal with Joe Mixon, you saw that on on camera, right? Right. Like there was... I don't know if it was surveillance footage or someone had a cell phone, but you could see it. Like we we don't we didn't see what happened with Deshaun. And the allegations are, you know, I know it's a Sunday morning, so people are going to church, but the allegations are bad. Doesn't mean it happened. Doesn't mean it happened, but 
I can't sit here and say I'm rooting for the guy because I don't know what did and didn't happen, you know? Right. Or if I know the outcome, certainly what you're saying is true. If he goes out and plays great football, a lot of the Browns fans are like, this is disgusting. They sold their souls. Those are going to be the first people in the stands chanting like dogs, like, you know, first down Browns, let's go, baby. You know, like you have amnesia, a lot of fans do. So that will be the end result if he is a great player. But without knowing what did or didn't happen, I can't tell you that I'm rooting for the guy. Well, I'm rooting for him because I, it'll be less pressure for him to survive. That, that's why I'm saying I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I mean, but I, what I'm saying is I think you need to know whether these allegations are true or not to then all of a sudden have the foam finger out like, go to Sean, and you're not even a Browns fan, you know? Right. No, you're exactly right, but I'm not so certain we'll ever know. I'm not so certain anybody will ever know, and I think that for the sake of business in the National Football League, it might be best served that they don't know. You know, let him play, uh, let the case go away. They'll they'll suspend him for six games, whatever, whatever it may be. He comes back in 2023, and away they go, and that's it, like it never happened. Well, yeah, and look, he's he's going to play, you would imagine, a bulk of 2022. Um, if he is suspended, I would imagine it's going to be in the ballpark of six or eight games. Uh, I'm just curious where it goes from a legal standpoint, because you hear, hey, these trial dates might be in February of like, whoa, holy cow. So how is that going to work with the NFL with pending you know, hearings and things like that? You know, like, I, I don't know how that's exactly going to play out this season, where it still might not be uh, over and done with by the time the season rolls around. Then what do you do as the NFL? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I, I think that a guy like Roger Goodell, who gets a lot of heat, maybe sometimes deservedly so, he's got his he's got his hands crossed on this one. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, it, it's a tough situation. And I think that the best thing they need to do, and they've talked about this in the past, is not only having Roger Goodell as the so-called dictator and making all the final decisions, you need a, a committee of three, and they can vote on it. And in that committee, you should have probably at least one former ball player. That's what you need yeah. to do. You don't like I, I just look at it this way, where yeah. the NFL is in a rough spot because if they if they don't do anything, they just say, we're waiting for it to play out, and then we'll make our determination. Well, you could have a player that's on the field and is then found liable in these lawsuits or a, a oh, portion of yeah. them, right? Like It's a horrible look for the NFL. If they say, well, you know what? He's on the shelf until things are sorted out. And then he's cleared. He's not found liable. Then, then you look horrible for it's like, what, what are you doing punishing this guy who, you know, it didn't even turn out this was the case. So they're, they're in a rough, rough spot, and a lot of people just don't look at the rough spot that they are in. That is a tough position to be in because you're, you're really, you're, you're damned either way. Right. So that's a tough spot, man. All right, he's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, they're on the outside looking in. We're going to tell you who next, but first to our guy always looking in, Brian Finley <laughs> with all the sports right now. Yeah, and all your teams usually are on the outside, like Cincinnati and when it comes to the NCAA tournament, but we won't go there, will we? What did UCLA do? What was this? Oh, we got to the Sweet 16. Oh, okay. Much further. How about those, like the, the game tying shot by Caleb Love? <laughs> and then he's like, you know, how about I 64-64 just over a minute to go? How but I hit a little 
kind of like fall away to my right three that eventually turned out to be the game winner. Were there curse words just yelled when you saw that, Brian? Well, you know what I did is I thought about you, Brian, and I know that you went to Ball State, and then I realized how much Ball State envies UCLA because you just picked up one of our assistant coaches and turned him into your head coach for your program <laughs> to say... You just have to look up to UCLA. That's you got to troll harder. I don't care about Ball State, Brian. <laughs> you got a problem with Ball State? Call David Letterman, really. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Yeah, and then if wh- where did you go, Andy? School of Hard Knocks. That's right. That's right. Through yeah, through got to sixth grade. So on the back of a matchbook was, cover. It was like uh, Terrell Suggs, Ball So Hard University. That's that's right. Right. Yeah, that's right. So let's get, begin in the NCAA tournament. And with men's basketball, we had two of those Elite Eight matchups yesterday. We saw Coach K and Duke get into the Final Four after they were able to stiff Eric Musselman in number four, Arkansas, 78 to 69. AJ Griffin coming in strong with 18 points. And Coach K into his 13th Final Four with the Dukies. And they are going to play. They will be watching the television intently. This North Carolina St. Peter's matchup, which will be tipping off at 5.05 Eastern Time this evening. Also already in the Final Four is number two, Villanova. And they are for the third time in the last six years after they served some humility to Kelvin Sampson and his number five Houston Cougars 50 to 44 the Wildcats shot just 29% from the field in this really defensive <laughs> slobber knocker and right, right. yeah you know Andy knows a thing or two about missed yeah. shots in his day All right. Wildcats Justin Moore suffered a lower right leg injury and it's seemingly in doubt as far as what he would be able to do and contribute this upcoming week the MRI he's going to have will determine things, says Jay Wright. And as far as the early indications on that injury, Jay Wright saying it's probably not good. By the way, Nova will play either Kansas or the 10 seeded Miami Hurricanes. And those two will get it on at 220 Eastern today. Women's NCAA tournament action, Sweet 16. There were four games yesterday. All winners, number three Michigan, number two UConn, and then the two one seeds, Louisville and NC State. They are all advancing into the Elite Eight. And believe it or not, there is NBA action happening during the NCAA tournament. A lot of people forget that. The Nuggets are victorious against the Thunder, 113-107. Nikola Jokic getting up for 35 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. The Grizzlies trample the Bucks 125-102. to De'Anthony Melton, 6 threes, 24 points off the bench. Andy Furman knows a thing or two about being glued to the bench. Oh, I mean, let's just be honest here. And then the Nets floss away the Heat, 110-95. to Kevin Durant, 23 points. And then the Bulls ravage the Cavs, 98-94. to Alex Caruso, 10 points. Eight rebounds and seven assists as he, as Brian doesn't like me to say, flirted with a triple double. Yeah. A little, little, you think I'm he stretching? Five a little? more things here, you know? It's, <laughs> that's not close. I need one or two. Maybe you need a rebound, maybe an assist. That, that's close. That's, you know, you're. you're <laughs> You're like, uh, you know, can I get your number? And the girl was like, no, you weren't really that close. 
Brian knows about that. Yeah, Brian, yeah. Fenley. Brian Fenley uh, on the <laughs> Nice catch, Andy, but good yeah. try next time. Uh-huh. With, oh, that, no, no, no. with that, let's get it back to <laughs> the two... I was going to say <laughs> clowns, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, Brian No and Andy Furman. Thank you very much. I think. I think. Okay. Why no takers? We'll get to that in just about a minute. By the way, first a word from Indeed. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge powered by... Indeed. All right. Now, we've got Brian Noah Nose picks coming up in about five, six minutes from now. But here's the question of the day. We talk about all these quarterbacks, movement, and things like that. But one quarterback absent from the, all the action is San Francisco 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo. Many around the league expected him to be traded a year after the 49ers moved up in the draft to take Trey Lance third overall. Nothing's happening to this guy, maybe because he's always injured. But remember, he has a 33-14 regular season record as a starter and 5-2 uh, and two nice. record as a postseason. Season player. Who cares? I, it's I'm just, like, I'm, it's more about like the strength agent. of the roster than it is him. We know that. Oh, I sound like his agent, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> I know. What's the deal with Jimmy G? He's out there. There are some teams in need of a quarterback. I'm yeah. surprised he hasn't been gobbled up yet. Right. What does that tell you? It tells you that the teams don't think he's that good. That's the bottom line. If they thought he was good, if they thought he was a difference maker, he would have been traded a long time ago. It would have been traded for. You know, so all these stats, they sound great. You know, as well as I do, San Francisco won two playoff games in spite of him last year or last season, right? They beat the Cowboys on the road. He threw a stupid interception that gave the Cowboys life. It's like the Cowboys were, they're having a hard time and he's just breathing life. He's giving them CPR. Like, here, here you go, Cowboys. Here's a gift interception. Like, all of a sudden you're back in the game here. And the game against Green Bay, terrible interception before halftime. They lucked out by getting a blocked punt for a touchdown. Like, he didn't do anything special in those games. And then against the Rams, they're down by a field goal. They have a drive. They've got a shot at the end of the game. And they went nowhere. And it turned out to be an interception season over. They've won in spite of the guy. You know, I'm I'm trying to defend them. Uh, you can't. There is no well, defending. Know, Carolina has guy. Sam Darnold, okay? I like, they I need a quarterback. They're in the market for one. They would gladly trade for a guy like Jimmy G if they thought he was the real deal. They just he, don't. Here's he he a defense factor. It's, it's weak, but it's somewhat of a defense factor. The fact that he's coming off uh, shoulder surgery and his throwing shoulder, I think that's going to hurt and maybe scare off the bulk of the teams that may have an interest in him. That may, it's a big concern for potential trading partners. If that's he was good, one. it doesn't even register. Well, okay. Like, that's that's the truth of it. Like, this isn't a major shoulder operation, and this guy might not be the same. And It's not. This is more of a minor procedure. If this okay. guy was a baller, it, teams would not be scared off about Number that Number two, he's all. very inconsistent. We know that both in durability, because he's only played a full season one time. And he's very inconsistent in production. Okay? So I think that makes him a little less desirable in the eyes of some quarterback needy teams. Okay? So I'm just going to say that. But I like the guy because I like, I like the way he looks. You know, he's a, he's a good-looking guy. You know, I mean, the oh league needs gosh, guys like that. Dude, he doesn't just... have that Ryan Fitzpatrick food-on-the-beard look, you know? <laughs> right. And I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's great to have an Ivy Leaguer on the center, but Jimmy G's a, a different kind of guy. And the it looks only like get you so far, okay? I get it. I get he it. doesn't have the goods as a quarterback. 
I have always said this. I think he's the anti-Stafford, meaning Matthew Stafford with Detroit. How many years in those 12 years was like, this guy hasn't won a playoff game. This guy, blah, blah, blah. It oh, had way more to do. The, it had way more to do with the roster, why they yeah. didn't. And Jimmy G, he's benefited from a good roster these years he's been in San Francisco. And people like you, Andy, they'll rattle yes. off. They've yes. been 33 and 14, and they've won Hell all yeah. these games. And I'll continue to do so. I like they've them. won those games. Go back to the NFC title game when they beat the Packers en route to the Super Bowl appearance against the, the Chiefs. He threw eight passes. He threw eight passes. This is not the 1970s, you know? He can help Carolina. Believe me. He no, he can't. He'll not to the point. There, he he's not going to be a difference maker with that roster. Look at that roster compared to San Francisco. What do you think? What do you honestly think Carolina's record would be with Jimmy G in 2022? They would, okay, in a 17-game season, I think they could be 8-9. and nine. Big, and then where does that get you? I, I, I'm just saying they could win eight games and they would realize wow, that he was awesome. an improvement, but that we, that we need to get more personnel surrounding him. I get it, okay? They, but you he, know what they need? San Francisco they, is the best tight end in football and a great defense. Yes, and very good weapons to throw to. Like You look at the tandem of, um, of Brandon Ayuk, very good player, and Debo Samuel. That, that's a lot of talent. And, and a legitimate running game. Kyle Shanahan does as good a job as anybody scheming up the run game. And yet no. he's still pedestrian. No, I hear you. Think All about right. Carolina. Think how much work they would have to do roster-wise to have a comparable roster to what San Francisco has. Stop burying my guy, Jimmy I'm G, just please. telling you, You're he's killing me. just killing a me. guy. He's Jimmy just a guy Garoppolo. That's why Thank no you. one is traded good for luck. him. He should go to the movies. He should be in the movies. That's he's very he's similar to Baker Mayfield. If those guys oh, were difference goodness. makers, they would have been traded Stop. for Stop. You're, you're hurting me and you're hurting Jimmy G. All it's right, Brian, no. Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, speaking of Hollywood, a Hollywood star is looking to make a splash in soccer that's next there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Those picks coming right up. That's Brian O. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, 11 minutes before the top of the hour, that will be 9 o'clock on the East Coast. And by the way, at the top of the hour, Mike Harmon and Bucky Brooks go to these airwaves. Yes, you get them on the iHeartRadio app on Sirius XM Channel 83. And of course, on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates, Harmon and Brooks, top of the hour. But right now, it is the hour for power with Brian Noah and those picks. All right, Sparky, here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for Nose Picks. All right, Andy Furman, brief recap. Last week I had the Duke-Michigan State over. All right, we're off to a good start. I had the Notre Dame-Texas Tech under. It was a oh, grinder. Baby. That worked out well. Oh, baby. Maybe 3-0, and Golden State to cover. <laughs> Didn't work out. Uh, all right. That's two and bad. one, though, still. Winning week. Yeah, not bad. Good. We try to ride the momentum here. I want to I'm going to look today. at this Miami-Kansas game. Total is 146.5. I don't know about you. feels a little bit high. But I don't know about you. Every now and then, when it feels high, it's like, they know something I don't. I'm taking the over here. You look at Miami, they've averaged 72 points per game in each of their tournament games. Let's say that holds true. Let's say they get to 72. You'd need Kansas to score 75. I, I think they can do that. I'm going to take oh, the over. Yeah. I think this is an up-tempo like game here today. Kansas run them out of the gym. You know what? I am going to, Andy. You know, I, you're pretty strong on this one. And yeah. uh, you could be leading me down a sewer here, you know, but <laughs> I'm going to lay the six and go with KU rock chalk. You think they're going to put the smack down on Miami? Oh today. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to look to the NBA for my final pick. I'm going to pick oh, on the Washington on. wizards. I, you don't like this dude. Okay, fine. Give fine, me fine. a St. Peter's. Okay, all right, Carolina fine. Pick. All right. You don't want, here's what I would really do. I would take the under wizards, their team total, 106.5. They're at Golden State. Golden State plays real defense. I don't think they score 107. That's what my real pick would be. But you're rolling your eyes. You dislike me going down that road. So fine. It's all yes, about March yes. Madness. Yes. You want to know about the Peacocks? Do you take the eight against North Carolina? No. Yes. You yes. lay the eight. You lay the eight. North Carolina wins in comfortable fashion. The glass slipper, it's over. Cinderella, bon oh, voyage. No, don't talk Get out of here. I no. say Carolina by at least nine today. I say go Peacocks. All right, it's time to go your own way. What do you have for us? Okay, Andy? listen to this one. Hollywood icon George Clooney, who's followed Darby County in recent years, has hinted he could be interested in rescuing the championship strugglers from administration. Regardless of what division the Rams are in next year, the club are desperate for someone to rescue them from administration. And as painstakingly tedious process nudges towards a conclusion – George Clunas has dropped a subtle hint that he's interested in purchasing a club after his proposed takeover of Malaga fell through back in 2020. Now, he lives in the U.K. with his wife, and he told Derbyshire Life that Derby has a great football club with a fantastic history, and I'm sure there's a great future, too. I know that there have been problems in recent times, but nothing cannot be fixed, and under the circumstances, the team has been working really hard and playing well. He said, it's obvious to me, looking on, that as well as the players are on the pitch, the fans have played their part on the pitch, too. My interest in soccer has certainly grown in recent years. A few years ago, I was asked if I would like to be involved with a group of others looking to buy Malaga Football Club in Spain. Good luck. Oh, the story is long. 
Gosh, Clooney, go, go. Okay, great. All right, I have no time. Fall River, Massachusetts. All right, there's a Massachusetts man. He has an answer for these soaring gas prices. He's got an electric unicycle here, Andy. That's what he's doing. There's no seat, no handlebars, and he he just places his feet on this thing. It can go 70 to 80 miles on one charge. It can reach speeds of up to 40 miles per hour. All right, he rarely goes that fast, but he's – He's saving some cash. Last one for you. L.A., the story last week, the guy who was smuggling in reptiles at the oh, yeah. border. Yeah, yeah. So it turns out he's done this since 2016. He's accused of – how many do you think? How many reptiles since 2016 is he accused of smuggling in? 35,000. 1,700. That's a, You went high on that one, but uh, arraigned oh, on right. Monday. We'll see how Our it goes. time is up. See you next week on Fox. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 